Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. And you might be surprised. A couple of teams that went with last week, you can give them another roll of the dice this week. That's right. That's right. See where that takes us. Yeah, by the way, real quick, before we get back to the, fo- uh, the phones on, on the baseball, and I understand, look, they have this thing all mapped out with the schedule and TV, and it, it does lose a little bit of steam that you have the series end last night. So you got Friday, Saturday, no baseball whatsoever, and then you're going to come back and start the American League Championship Series on Sunday night on a football day. Now, I understand that Bills-Giants probably is not going to be the greatest game, but it's still going to outdraw the baseball. So Fox will have, you know, Rangers-Astros on Sunday night, while NBC is going to sit there with the Bills and the Giants. And like I said, Rangers-Astros, that's not exactly a, a, a national wow matchup. That's going to have people flock into their sets. But nevertheless, here we are. Let's say hi to Lonnie in Harlem. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Lonnie, how are you? Dan and man, man Quimby, what's up? Chantel, what's Harlem shaking? And Sir Harvey, what's going on? I hope you got your sippy cup for uh, our Giants this weekend. We might <laughs> we might need it for you to collect all our tears. Right, you need, you need um, that sippy cup, company. I think. Shout out to the company, of course. Shout out to Downtown TV. Now, Dan, I know you remember what my call was not too long ago in the middle of this season talking about those same Texas Rangers, right? Uh, refresh my memory. Remember I called and I was like, oh, it's funny how everybody at the beginning of the season was talking about when the ground went over there. We was all laughing at them, saying how they might make it to the World Series, blah, 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 blah. And then basically I called and we was like, oh, yeah, it's funny how they basically, you remember they had the best record in the league at the time? Yep. Uh, I think it was like it was like 50 and 26 or something like that. And then now, it, you know, towards the back end of the season, it looked like they wasn't possibly going to make it. But now that they are in, and then now, like you just said, they're basically only, what, four games, four wins away from making it to the World Series, which would be crazy because, like as you said, you know, you as a Mets fan and me as a Yankee fan, I was sitting there laughing at that post, like that press conference, like, what? Well, what happened? What what happened with them, Lonnie, right? You know, they got off to that great start, you know, and then second half of the season, the pitcher started going down to injury. Evaldi got hurt, which was bad for him, and he had a great first half of the season to where they had to go out and acquire the two starting pitchers. Their bullpen was a problem all year. It was horrible. Remember, they went out there and they actually got a role this Chapman. You know, that's how bad right. things were that they needed to go get him, who had a good start to the season for Kansas City. But to their credit, even though they stumbled in September – the Astros never took advantage of it, and why am I drawing a blank? The Seattle, Seattle Mariners never took Seattle. advantage of it in the AL West, and that allowed them to still still find a way to play on. Right. Now, what I was going to say is, as I was telling you know, telling Chantel, um, so I'm guessing you're kind of going for the Rangers at, at this point in the playoffs, no? I'm going to – 
I'm leaning with the Astros in this series because I think oh, that they're Dan, evenly you're matched. Disappointing me, you're Lonnie. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Thank you, Harvey. Boot this man. Lonnie, I'll tell you why. Because when you have two teams like this who are pretty evenly – because Houston's not even close to full strength either. There's the old saying, what do I like to say? They're still the champs until they're not, which yeah. means somebody's right. got and to I, beat them first. Right, and I hope the Rangers is that team, you know. So hopefully they do that. And, I, you know, I figured I'd call you because, you know, I haven't spoke to you in a while. And it's always good to have you on for a full show. Thank God baseball decided to, you know, end these series early because I was missing you. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, that, you know, it's crazy that this might actually happen, that they actually, you know, like you, like I said, four wins away. And it would be crazy if they obviously they got to dethrone the champs before making that happen. So, you know, hopefully uh, the Texas Rangers could get it done for Bruce Bochy and then Bruce Bochy could get it done for Don and, well, more for Nancy because I know Nancy is a big Bruce Bochy fan, so. Uh, you know, you got to like Boach. And you know what? I, a good show. Lonnie, be good as yeah, always, my Bochy friend. I appreciate too. you checking in. And the other, I mean, think about it. Think about the manager matchup in that series. You got Bochy in Texas, Dusty with the Rangers, or I mean, with Houston. Two Hall of Famers. Two guys with over 1,000 wins in their careers, right? Guys who have won World Series before. That is an outstanding. And two guys who are probably as well respected a manager as you've had in baseball over the last 25 years, too. And somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. One of them will be in the World Series. Awesome. All right, quick timeout. We come back. We'll switch gears, go back to football, talk a little Jets-Eagles. Our good buddy, my broadcast partner, Greg Buttle, joins us on the other side to talk a little Jets-Philly. One more hour to go on a football Friday. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Don't stop booing them. This is 98.7 ESPN, a good karma brand's radio station. WEPN-FM, New York. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Sunday. We'll begin at 225 over at MetLife Stadium. That is when the Jets welcome the defending NFC champions to MetLife. And that is when our pregame coverage will begin. Myself and our next guest. He wore number 51, of course, for the New York Jets. He is my partner. He is Greg Buttle. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm just I'm just waiting with bated breath for this conversation with you every single Friday night, buddy. It's appointment radio. That's what it is. And you make it happen. I, I like that. I like that. Let's keep That's, it up. Absolutely. Now, now, for the fans that don't know, like we were talking about this a little bit earlier in the show, that, you know, the Jets have gone 0-12 against the Eagles in the history of the franchise, which is still hard to believe. You were responsible for only a couple of them, though. I believe you only played in two of them during your uh, playing career. But some may not know, and I always like to bring this up, you said the coldest game you ever played in was one in Philadelphia against the Eagles, and it was in the rain, right? Yeah, I, I think it was the last game of the year we played. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. Maybe 79, I, I think. Um, it was 33 degrees. It was a downpour. There were puddles all over the field. And the first tackle I made in the game, I hit the running back and tackled him, and we slid about 10 yards in the water. <laughs> and I could never get warm after that. It, I was frozen. We were soaked. You only had another jersey, but that was soaked in two seconds. It was raining. It was windy. And it was cold. After the game, this was the most incredible thing. After the game, we weren't permitted to take a shower for half an hour. You had to sit around in the locker room for half an hour to try to get warm because they thought you'd get in there and scald yourself in the, in the hot water. See that, kids? You ever play any rain games? you got to wait to take a shower, per our friend here, Mr. Bo. Yeah. See that? Medical science, <laughs> was right. even, medical science was even at its cutting edge there in 1979, making sure that athletes oh, stayed. Yeah, Who was, said yeah, the NFL is not safe? Day. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Exactly. Well, at least it's not going to rain Sunday. The forecast says it's blown out of here, so we're going to have uh, some dry skies, which should be fun for the guys playing in the game. We'll be cozy in the press box and in the coaches' club. But uh, as far as the game itself and really as far as the season is concerned here, Jets have played five games already, okay, one more before the bye week. I'll ask you this question. What is the identity of this football team right now in your mind? Well, unfortunately, it's it's uh, it's all defense. That's the identity. It's a defensive football team right now. Uh, you you can't even like make 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 up that it could be offensive right now. I, I mean, you, everybody wants to see uh, Brees Hall rush for 200 yards every game, but uh, my, my gosh, I mean, he 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 ran for almost 200 last game, and they just get, barely got by. So. It's not about the running game. The running game is only really, really good if, if you're ahead in the game. Then you can run it. And, you know, it's like it's like the stats. Everyone says, boy, the Philadelphia defense, they're great against the run. Who runs against them? They're all behind yeah. in the game. So they're all throwing the ball to catch up. No one's going no to run, and they could care less about the run at the time. And that's what I said a little bit earlier, and it's true. The stats sometimes don't tell the whole story, and teams have had success at times throwing the football against Philly, like Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders did just a couple of weeks ago down in Philadelphia, believe it or not, there. So, look, I, one thing that's going to have to be evident going into the game this week, unlike the Bronco game, that if the Jets are going to find a way to win, 
they're going to have to be a little bit more efficient in the red zone. I mean, you can't go 0 for 5 and settle for field goals like you did against Denver and expect to walk off the field with a victory against the Philadelphia Eagles team. What do you think, aside from the fact that, you know, the field is shrunk when you get down to that area, what do you think contributes to some of the inefficiency down there? Of the Jets in the red zone? Sure. The experience of quarterback. That's, that's the problem, is in, the inexperience of the quarterback. And, again, you, you can't practice all of that in real time. You've got to play it in real time. And then you have to, if you make a mistake, you can never make that mistake again. And so you have to learn that type of stuff. And, unfortunately, it, it, sometimes you can get away with it. Sometimes you can't. And the biggest thing about it is, you know, it, it's so fast in the red zone because you're so much, so little yardage there. You must be able to run the ball in the red zone to be able to throw it down there. So th- that's the whole steal sh- sh- there is that mm-hmm. you have to be really good to, to, to be okay the other way. Now, you can't, you know, sit around there and, and dump a pass off with, you know, 12 seconds or 13 seconds to go in the first half, expect to kick a field goal. You, you've got to be able to uh, hit the receiver on the outside, not the inside down in the, in the red zone. I mean, the, a, a lot of stuff that, that Zach Wilson does is strictly from experience, and he's inexperienced at that. And also, you know, not throwing a pass or completing a pass inbounds with no timeouts like we saw at the end of the first half on Sunday to where you don't even get another playoff and you leave three points on the field, which could ultimately prove costly for you. We got the news the next day after we signed off last Sunday about Elijah Vera Tucker, torn Achilles, done for the season. We know how instrumental he was on that offensive line. How many more hits can this line take and expect them to still go out there and perform at a decent enough level to where this offense doesn't skip a beat oh boy i i don't I, certainly not a tackle yeah certainly not a tackle they're not gonna you can't miss another tackle and, and expect anything worthwhile i, I mean they're, they're not listen everyone's a professional uh, i get that everyone um, is, is paid to play but when it comes down to the inexperience of these young guys that are backups that's another issue. So they, they haven't played. They're, they played a scout team. They, they're very little real game markup. So now you got another guy in there. I don't know who is it. Max Mitchell's taking Max over now. Max Mitchell probably, yeah. Right. So uh, he's still a young kid. You know, it's, there's a lot of stuff to be done there. Now, now, now that we've said all of that stuff and you can look at the Jets and go, boy, there's no way they can stay in this game, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, the, the, that's the, 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 the thought out there. Everybody thinks the Philadelphia Eagles are so good. And I'll tell you what they're, they're, they're thinking in the locker room. What, what makes the Eagles so good? They, 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 they beat the Patriots by five points? Uh, we should have beat the Patriots. Uh, we can beat them. What? They beat Minnesota Vikings 34-28? That's, by, that's a touchdown. They beat Tampa Bay on a Monday night by uh, two touchdowns. Washington Commanders, they won in overtime. 34-31. The Rams, 20, it's, it's almost like a one-score game. One game is without a control. So it's not like the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go out and, and score 40 points in the first half, as they should not. But they do enough things right on offense and defense 
that when you do something wrong, you get hurt by them because mm-hmm. they're they're a really really good disciplined football team. So that's what makes them five and zero. It doesn't make them five and zero because they've got everybody in the world playing for them. No, they've got some good players, and Jalen Hurts is probably the, the the guy that you look at and say this offense goes as Jalen Hurts goes. So you want to put pressure on Jalen Hurts? That's the guy you have to stop. Nobody else. You stop Jalen Hurts and you make his life miserable. Jets have a shot. Greg Buttle, our guest here on 98.7 ESPN, talking Jets, Eagles. You'll hear it Sunday right here on 98.7 ESPN, pregame at 225 with the two of us. You mentioned Jalen Hurts. The last two weeks, the Jets have faced dual-threat quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson last week in Denver. You play defense. If you were in that huddle or getting ready for this game, does it help you in any way having to try to defend somebody like Hurts, given that you've seen these type of quarterbacks the last two weeks already? Well, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, it's like they all, despite the fact that they, they, they're like the old RPO, uh, run-pass option quarterbacks, uh, Hurts does it as good as anybody. He's not a real quick guy. He, uh, Mahomes is a little quicker. Mm-hmm. And so they do things differently. But I'll tell you what, they both do great. They're both good pocket quarterbacks. And if you're a good pocket quarterback, that's your strength. That other stuff is window dressing. And, yeah, maybe on a third and 15, he takes off because you're playing man-to-man and you're turning your back on somebody. But I, I think that you, you're, you've got to put the pressure on those guys in that pocket. And by the way, that's what the Jets did to Mahomes, particularly in the second half. So you can't you can't go out there and spot the Eagles seventeen points and think you're no. going to win the game. So that's the difference. What do you how do you want to stop these? You got you got to get after that quarterback. You can't get after the quarterback and then come off the field and then three plays you're back on the field again because you're, you're you're going to be dead tired by the end of the second quarter. So the, the Jets offense is what has to control the ball, and they haven't been able to do it. Their third-down com- uh, conversions are bad. Their red zone is bad, and you just can't keep kicking field goals all day, especially playing a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to score touchdowns. Now, with the Jets' secondary, it's going to look a lot like it did last week because D.J. Reed's still not cleared with the concussion. He's not playing. Still Brandon Eccles out with the hamstring. So our buddy Bryce Hall who filled in last week and really hadn't played much on the defensive side the previous two years. He was Johnny on the spot there, picking up that fumble, returning it in for the game-sealing touchdown. Does the extra week make you feel a little bit more comfortable on that back end about what's going to be out there trying to slow down a couple of pretty darn good wide receivers in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown? Well, uh, first of all, the Eagles have had a whole, uh, had a whole week of watching uh, him play at cornerback. And um, you're, you're talking about uh, he's on paper now. They know what he does well and what he doesn't do well. So if you're going to play, if you're the Eagles, you're playing. That's where you're going. You're going after that guy, and we'll see what how he does. I, I don't see why he should play terribly. I think he should be he should play enough that you know if if, if he understands and the Jets defensive line gets after Hurts. All right, then you can you can almost be a defensive back that's based on timing. And in three seconds, the ball's coming out. Two two and a half seconds, the ball's coming out. If you're sitting back there, and you have five seconds to throw the ball, I don't care if you're Sauce Gardner or you're Darrell Rivas. It's over. 
you can't wait that much time. Good stuff. Let's see what happens on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Should be a good one. Last one before the bye. Appreciate a couple of minutes, my friend. We'll see you Sunday afternoon. That's awesome. I, I, I just think if they, if they play smart, play fast, play, play, play uh, uh, strong, they got a real good chance. And that's why they play the games. We'll see if it happens. We'll be breaking that's it right. down Sunday right, or two. Talk to you, buddy. Be good. There's our friend Greg Buttle, of course. He and I got pregame beginning at 225 on Sunday at MetLife Stadium for the Jets and the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get some giant side of things with Jordan Renan in about 15 minutes. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Gross' show. It is a football Friday. 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Big one for Robert Sala's team before they go into the bye week. Last night, week six got underway, and I tell you, it wasn't a great game at all. Um, I don't care that it was the Chiefs. I don't care that it was in Kansas City and the Taylor Swift was there and you know they had to mention that a few times and show her on the bro- it was just, it was not a good broad I mean it was not a good game broadcast whatever but the the game itself was I'll tell you it left a lot to be desired it was sloppy you know because any game involved with the Denver Broncos is probably going to go along those lines cuz they're not very good and my goodness you know I know that Sean Payton when they made a commitment to him and basically gave him the keys to the kingdom there. And he could do whatever he wants, and he's going to have as long as he wants to turn this thing around. What you're seeing from Sean Payton right now is that he's practically gutting this roster, right? From getting rid of Randy Gregory, now Frank Clark on the defensive side of things. And little by little, I think there's going to be even more. Denver's probably going to be one of the most active teams leading up to that trade deadline on October the 31st because Sean Payton probably can't lose enough this year if you ask him. You want to talk about tanking? They're probably putting themselves in position to go out there and get themselves a brand-new quarterback because Sean Payton sees it every day. We get to see it once a week. Russell Wilson's not good. You know, and it's amazing that this is a guy that once upon a time, you know, I thought was maybe a top-five quarterback in the league, like during his Seattle years. 
and he was a Super Bowl champion. And he was a guy the next year who had them close to winning another Super Bowl. I get, I get it. You know, they ran the ball. They had a great defense and everything. But he was still a productive player. But he has completely just fallen off a cliff. I mean, last night, I don't know if you realized it, watching the game. And it was a hard watch. 95 yards passing. You know how hard that is? He completed 13 passes for 95 yards. That, that is almost impossible to do. Four yards per completion? I mean, dump off, dump off, dump off, dump off. Plus a couple of turnovers, which he's now become known for. I mean, that, it, it is unbelievable. It's, it's hard to go out there and think of quarterbacks who have had such a precipitous drop to the extent that Russell Wilson has had over just the last few years. And if you want to look at the contract, too, because remember, Denver gave up a lot to get him, got a lot of money still coming his way. The Broncos don't have really an out in that contract until after 2025 to where they're not going to face a serious and significant brunt. His cap at this year is only 22. Next year, it's 35. The year after that, it's $55 million. Unless they just want to take that dead money and say, okay, fine, you know, leave. But they're not going to do that because his dead cap hit next year is $85 million. And the year after that is $49.5 million. I don't care if you have a bunch of rookies on your roster and, and, and UDFAs. You're not going to allocate all that money to a guy who's not on your team anymore and who's giving you basically nothing. But I think that Denver's in a situation where they don't mind losing. And if they do get themselves a top pick, they'll go get a quarterback, and Peyton will make him sit if he has to for a year and watch a little bit of Russell Wilson or watch or whatever, but I don't think that this is necessarily a contract that you're going to just easily get out from under. He's got no trade value. Nobody's going to take him on. You think he's just going to wake up one morning and decide to retire and then they don't have to see any of the consequences? I, I don't think that's happening. Would you if you got all that money coming your way? Right? It's like the Aaron Rodgers conversation that we had last March when there was the thought of Rodgers maybe retiring and all that money that he had coming his way. He's like, well, you really, would you hang it up if you have all that money still owed to you? But the difference is Aaron Rodgers could still play football at a high level. Russell Wilson can't. Scary thought is that the Jets almost lost to this team last week. How scary is that? And look, Sean Payton, he run his mouth too much. Yeah. He's got an awful football team, and it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult than he thought when he took over that franchise because, you know what, plainly speaking, he probably didn't think the quarterback situation was as dire as it is. And he probably thought that he could squeeze, you know, something out of Russell Wilson this year, right? Something. You know, you got a couple of good young players on that squad. You never know. It's the NFL. There's parity. You might be able to, you know, sneak out a game here and there, stay in the mix, show that, you know, you coached him up pretty well. Remember, his last year in New Orleans, he still won nine games. And he had Jameis Winston. He had Taysom Hill as his quarterback. You know, and he found a way. Found a way to win games. And he probably thought that he could do something similar here. It's just not happening. They are atrocious. And they're going to get even worse. They're going to get even worse. So if you've got Denver on your schedule, second half of the season, that is, or if you're in like a survivor pool, second half of the season, that is the team that you're going to be looking at and you're saying to yourself, well, who's Denver playing? Because we're going to pick against them.
right? They have the look of being that type of club for the remainder of the season. Good job by the hockey locals last night. Rangers winning, Devils winning. You know, think about the Rangers. And, yeah, Kreider had the big night with a couple of goals. It was good to see Lafreniere get on the board early because Lafreniere is still one of these guys that you feel is going to have to prove himself night in and night out, right? He's going to have to work for that ice time because you got other guys there who are going to be gunning for it, and he got a new head coach. And everybody, to a certain extent, I mean, you know, for the most part, to a certain extent, they got a clean slate under this coach. And if he feels that you're not getting it done, you're not giving effort, you're not producing, he's got no allegiance to you. Like, what allegiance does Peter Laviolette have to, to Alexei Lafreniere? Nothing. Nothing. He's going to go out there and play the best guys. This is a whole new slate. And so it was good to see him getting off to a quick start there last night. And how about the Rangers blocking? I lost count how many shots they blocked in that game last night. You know, that's old school. That's down and dirty hockey. Makes the goaltender's job a lot easier, too. Now, I don't know if that's something that's sustainable all throughout an entire season because you don't want your guys going down. I mean, Ryan Lindgren will be the first. Ryan Lindgren, you know, that guy plays as dirt, you know, as physical, as hard a game of hockey, and he lays it all out there on the line, right? And that's a guy that you could, you know, he was already, like, going to the bench, like, slumped over. I forgot what period. He was the first or the second period last night because that's Lindy. That's what he does, you know? Dude plays, throws his entire body out there. But you leave it a chance, more of these shots that you're blocking, that one of these dudes could go down and miss significant time, and that's what you don't want to have happen. I mean, you remember the John Tortorelli here. Those guys, that was their M.O. under torts, and they had a real good season, you know, went deep to the playoffs and everything, blocking all those shots. That's how they played. But it takes its toll, I think, over an entire season. And that's what you have to guard against more than anything else. So a good job by the Rangers last night. Getting the victory in Buffalo. They're in Columbus tomorrow. They got the home opener coming up on Monday uh, against Arizona. Arizona tonight's in Newark playing the Devils. It's a 2-2 game right now. Devils fell behind 2-0. They have uh, evened up the score 2-2. Jesper Brad had the first one. Who had the second one, Harv? Did we see who uh, scored? Dougie Hamilton. Okay. Mr. Defenseman Dougie Hamilton getting on the uh, score sheet there. Jack Hughes had a couple of goals last night in the opener in their victory over Detroit. Jack Hughes on pace now for, let's see, let's do some quick math, 164 goals. That might be some sort of a record if he's able to achieve that. But it's also a very, very high bar because he had two goals last night in the opener. Last night was one of those, yeah, two. two. No, but two is okay. Two is okay if you score two in a hockey game. There's nothing wrong with that. Last night was one of those, I'll use the word challenging nights if you were a sports fan, at least in our neck of the woods, because you had among other things. Yeah, the Rangers. Yeah, the Devils. You had Phillies Braves. You had the football. Two of those four things were streaming only. The football was on Prime Video, so you had to stream that. And the Devils Red Wings game was an ESPN Plus exclusive, so you had to stream that. Very challenging. TVs, computers, tablets. I mean, there was like, there was a lot going on last night. A lot going on. Not ideal. Be the first to admit, not ideal. You know, I got this big, beautiful TV, paid a lot of money for it, but like when you have all these other streaming things, I can't sit there and kill my screens and double box and triple box when the streaming is involved. It just complicates things. Let's say hi to Key in New Jersey. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Key, how are you? 
Hey, Grasa. How you doing, brother? Key, I'm doing great. What's going on with you? Um, Not bad. You know, thinking about Salt Lady. <laughs> oh man, I hear I hear her in my in my ears all the time, man. When I'm going in and out of New York City, um, but it's yeah, it's. I don't think nice they to, would allow know. Salt Lady into New York City. How about that? <laughs> I don't think she's getting through security at the uh, the tunnel or the bridge. That's how crazy she is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but it's you know you got you've been doing a great job. You know, I listen to you all the time. I don't call in often, but. Um, so I guess, you know, I'm calling about the Giants, uh, as a Giants fan, um, you know, I, I know where the season is. I know we're not, you know, there's not much to it, but I'm, I'm looking at it and, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned cause I'm thinking about how you know, some of these players have reacted this year. Um, for example, you had, you know, uh, Tib, Tibbs, who was basically, you know, kind of saying no one else besides people in this room that matter. You have Evan Neal, who can't handle it. Um, you know, Daniel Jones is struggling. And, it, you know, and then you have Xavier McKinney, who the other day said, oh, you know, don't worry. You know, don't, we're not going to play the defense. We're going to play, you know, just, you know, it's a whole team thing. Right. It's just, I'm kind of. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, it's my thing is that you know I do like Brian Dable. You know I think he's a good coach, but there seems to be like little pockets here and there where people, you know, players or whatever, are upset. And you know, I just I'm thinking like, can uh, Brian Dable survive a season this bad? Yeah. Key, nothing. Nothing. Nothing's gonna happen. And I got to let you go because we got to hit uh, get to Jordan. But I appreciate the phone call. Here's the thing with Dayball, and I said this a few days ago. Right now, the room is not fractured. He's not lost the room in any way, shape, or form. Even you know, if you want to talk about a controversy in the room in any way, the Evan Neal thing that happened last week or whatever, that was gone after a day. A day. Evan Neal came out the next day, and whoever got in his head, whether it was a coach, whether it was PR, whoever, teammates, and told him, dude, you got to apologize, he apologized. And it was over and it was forgotten about to where when they took the field down in Miami, you weren't even thinking about that anymore. It was over with. So he's kept the room together. Problem with this team right now is the depth of the roster. And maybe we're all a little bit guilty in thinking that this team that they rolled back for this year and even brought in a couple of players where I thought on paper they were a little bit better, that... Should we have expected the same results as a season ago? Maybe that was a little unfair and unrealistic. All right, we'll continue the giant conversation. When we come back, our good buddy, Jordan Renan, who covers him for ESPN, he will join us. Then we got our NFL picks after that. Grasso Show till 9, 98.7 ESPN. As promised, I want to go back out to the guest line right now and dive a little bit deeper into the football giants. They're going to be going up to Buffalo coming up on Sunday, and so will our next guest. He is, of course, our good buddy, Jordan Renan. Hello, Jordan. How are you? You sure you want to do this, Dan? You sure you really want to yeah. dig deeper into what's going on here? Hey, it's only week six. It's not pretty. It's week six. I know. Isn't that sad? Buckle That's up, sad. baby. We got a long ride. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Pump now. Let's go. See? They're only 15-point right. underdogs. They, they, you know, this is going to be a good one Sunday Hey, night. you know what? Let's go. Carolina's hey, a 14-point dog. Browns are a 10-point dog. There's a lot of that this week in the NFL. You know this though. If they close at fifteen, they will be the biggest underdog so far this season in any game. They go about fourteen and a half 
the Cardinals when they played San Francisco. Do they hang a banner for that if that happens? <laughs> it won't hold, but, uh, you know, for the season, so I don't think you get a banner. But yeah, it, uh, maybe certainly you can get a little get movie prize year. or something in the meantime. Yeah. All right, let's, let's start with the quarterback. Worst kept secret in the world, he's not playing this week. We knew that he wasn't going to. Do you think this is a multiple-week absence, or is it just a one-and-done, or we have no idea? Uh, anybody really has an idea, they've done a good job of playing close to the best, but he does have a neck injury, and he hasn't gotten out and thrown or run at practice. That kind of concerns me. That leads me to believe, or at least lean in the direction of the fact that this could end up being a multi-week injury for Daniel Jones. And uh, thus, Tyrod Taylor gets the honor of playing and running for his life behind this offensive line. Maybe the Giants could trade two first-round picks to the Jets for their bye week next week. And, you know, because the Giants need it more (laughs) than anybody. Yeah, they're not a, they're not in good shape health wise for this game. I mean, you got Andrew Thomas still out. Looks like that might be a couple more weeks. John Michael Smith, he's out. That could be a couple more weeks. Uh, Matt Parrott's out. On top of that, uh, Evan Neal is hurt. I don't even know if he's playing. Hey, you know, remember Yadni Kahus? Oh yeah. It's possible that he might. You know that he's one. He's one of the options start at right tackle if Evan Neal doesn't play. Like, that's where we're at. And by the way, he was picked up on Tuesday. Yeah, Yadni Kajust is well-traveled. He was a Patriot, a Jet. He's He's been all over the place here. So, at least he knows the area. You know, he's got that going for him, at least. I don't know if it's going to help him play <laughs> tackle. But you got to look for small victories yeah. at this point. Um, do you think the offense changes in any way with Tyrod Taylor under center from Daniel Jones? Yeah, I asked that a lot this week, and you know, the Giants tried to downplay it a little bit. But my experience from watching Daniel Jones compared to uh, Tyrod Taylor is when you watch Tyrod Taylor play, and this holds true even for, like, training camp and preseason, he is going to be aggressive, right, uh, to the point where at times it's probably reckless. Mm. But he's going to throw the ball downfield. He's going to be super aggressive. He's probably going to take a lot of hits and hold the ball a long time, which could be problematic with the offensive line that he's playing behind at this point. But I I think it'll be a more aggressive version of what we see with Daniel Jones. They have similar skill sets in that they both can move. They both can run. Uh, But Tyron Taylor is obviously smaller. So I think you'll see less of the middle of the field, more deep shots uh, down the sidelines. What about Saquon? What does your gut tell you? Is he back this week? Yeah, that's one I've kind of been going back and forth on this week. He's been practicing. He still doesn't look great to me, which makes me lean towards he's not going to play again, which, man, no Saquon, no Daniel Jones, no Andrew Thomas, no John Michael Schmidt. Like, that that's, makes it really tough. That's why the spread is, what, 15 points on the road in Buffalo. Jordan Renan joining us here on 98.7, talking Giants. They got the Bills this week, and as we've been discussing, a two-touchdown underdog to the Bills. All right, so if you had to guess right now, what do you think this offensive line will look like from left to right on Sunday night? 
I think we just lost Jordan. You know, unless I, I don't think it was that profound a question about the offensive line. I know that nobody has any answers when it comes to Sorry, the state Dan, of the Giants. Oh, there he is. My car All right. Automatically. Those darn cars. Automatically. I'm sorry. Jeez. Offensive line, left to right. Best guess. What do you think? All right. Well, I think I feel really good about the first four spots. Let's start left to, you know, left tackle. We got Josh Josh Azudu. He's still going to be the left tackle. They really don't have any other (laughs) options at this point. Mark Lewinsky at left guard. Ben Bredesen at center. And Marcus McKeithen at right guard. And, uh, be honest with you, he might be the biggest liability of them all, and that's saying a lot. And then right you know, tackle, not- honestly, if that, Evan Neal probably, but he's questionable. If he doesn't play, somebody from the practice squad is going to start at right tackle, Jalen Mayfield or probably Yadni Kahoost or who knows, Justin Pugh. Oh, yeah, where's Pugh? Is Pugh ready to play football yet or what? Uh, I mean, I think the goal originally was to give it two weeks and see where he's at. This is less than two weeks. He had his first practice with pads in over a year this week on Wednesday. I would be a lot to ask the guy to go start this week. I don't think that's an ideal spot for him. Uh, So I think probably not this week, but it's on the table because they're so short-handed. All right, let, let, let's talk about something positive, right? Because we can't have this whole conversation go and gear towards negative. So let's do a little positivity here. How about the defense? It took them until the mm-hmm. fifth game of the season, but they had three takeaways last week, including a defensive score. That's something that we can hang our hat on, no? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a step. I'm, honestly, I think that group is going in the right direction. I know they gave up over 500 yards last week. But that Miami deep uh, offense, sorry, in Miami is, I mean, I was really, really impressed with what they do. And Mike McDaniel's scheme with that speed is really, really impressive. The way they spread you horizontally and then hit you you in those gaps vertically. Uh, There's not going to be many teams in those conditions that slow down the Dolphins. So I thought they played, you know, they did some good things, and I think they're heading in the right direction. It's not going to be a dominant unit, but it's clearly the best unit that they have because it's not special teams. We saw that a couple weeks ago. It's not the offense. They're incompetent these days. I mean, they're averaging, what, 12 and a half points a game? So, they, yeah. you know, I think it's uh, thank God for the New England Patriots. Otherwise, I think they'd be the lowest in the league. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the defense at least is heading in the right direction. Kayvon Thibodeau has four sacks. I think you're seeing more flashes out of him. Uh, Xavier McKinney has played much better after a slow start to the season. So Bobby Okereke as well. So I think actually this Giants, this week's going to be a tough game, right? I mean, they're completely outclassed in this game. They're on the road. It's a Buffalo team that's ticked off because they lost last week on the road in London to the Jaguars. This week might be a disaster. I do think the Giants, things will start evening out after this week. They got Washington, the Jets the Raiders, they'll start to get healthier, and it's going to be the defense that's the best unit that they have. But you know something? All those teams you mentioned, they're looking at it the same way and saying, oh, we got the Giants, right? And it's a winnable game. Sure, but they're not going to lose by, they're not going to lose by 40 or 20 or, you know, 21. You would think not. You would hope no. not. 18, 16, I mean, you know, you, you would How think much? that those will at least be more competitive games at the very How- least. 
how much does the Brian Dayball familiarity with the Buffalo personnel, especially on the offensive side, you think come into play here on Sunday? Has he talked to all about that this week in terms of sitting there and kind of, you know, getting in Wink Martindale's ear about what this guy likes to do, the tendencies and so on and so forth, as they're trying to game plan to stop them? Yeah, he's really downplayed that a lot since, like, the start of the season, that that, that really means that much. Like, teams alter things, they make changes. Uh, but they need to worry about themselves. That They've been pretty clear about that. I think that's sort of the focus here. And, look, we I, I think what we've learned here is we thought Brian Dable was a great coach, right? And he may very well be a great coach. Week Martindale, too. Mike Kafka. But... When you don't have the horses, if you're totally outmanned, you're not like you can't just make up for that all the time at all times. So I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make this week. They're they're complete. They're very much outmanned, especially the you know the Giants' offense against uh, the Buffalo defense. The Giants' offensive line in the state that they've been in. Daniel Jones alone was sacked 28 times. They've been about 30 this year. Who guess guess who's number one in the NFL in sacks this year? Which defense? <laughs> It's got to be the Buffalo Bills. That's right, Dan. It's the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. And Tyron Taylor, by the way, takes more sacks per game over his career than Daniel Jones. So it's going to be tough. Be but at least, at least Tyron has familiarity taking sacks in that in that stadium because he played there for a few years. He, he led them to the playoffs. That was a, yeah. You know, I, it made me that think scintillating that game year, against Jacksonville. Remember, remember that. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. It was brutal. Uh, like but remember that year, okay, they, that was Sean McDermott's first year. Mm-hmm. They make the playoffs. They take a step back in year two. So, again, it's the parallels to Buffalo again with Joe Shane and uh, and uh, Brian Dable with uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Now, granted, they drafted Josh Allen that year, so he was a rookie in year two. The difference with the Giants is they didn't expect to take this huge step back. Because they re-signed Daniel Jones, they didn't draft a quarterback. That is that is very true. We'll see how this plays itself out. Jordan, thanks for a couple of minutes. Safe travels up to Buffalo. Eat some good wings, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week, buddy. Yeah, with, with Barbill, is that the spot, Dan? I think that's that, that that that's pretty fail safe, don't you think? Yeah, I mean that's you know that's what I've been told. You know, Barbill, that's that's the spot. You want I want you want the wings? You go you go to Barbill. That's hit it up. At least that'll be an enjoyable part of the trip. I don't know about the football. Yeah. The, the, the positive thing for next week is I'll give you a breakdown on the bar bill wings. How about that? that I'll give you I a think, review. I think more people are into that. And, and, and in a couple of weeks, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll powwow at the game uh, when, when we uh, lock heads on the 29th there. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, the bar bill wings are better than the uh, halftime chicken fingers in MetLife. I can guarantee yes. that. I think so. Thank you, Jordan. Have a good one, my friend. Safe travels. Speak speak soon, Dan. All right, buddy. Jordan Renan covers the Giants for us here uh, at ESPN. When we come back, it's the Grasa Picks, week number six. Coming right back on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Grasa Show here on a football Friday. It is time for the NFL Picks, week six edition. Two and one last week. Rams let us down there against Philadelphia, especially in the second half. But we're seven, seven and one 
for the season. We'll look to move over 500, have another winning week here coming up for week number six. All right, game number one. Let's go to Cincinnati. Bengals, Seahawks. Cincinnati almost saved their season last week with a win out in Arizona. Back on the bandwagon. I went with them last week, had faith. They didn't let me down. I'm still not all in on Seattle despite the record. They're coming off a bye week here. You never know how a team is going to respond off of that. Look, I know Seattle, they're going to talk up their pass rush, but 11 of those sacks came against the Giants. They're going to try to test Joe Burrow's mobility. I'm not 100% convinced that he's all the way back yet. I don't think he is, but it can't be any worse than what happened on that Monday night at MetLife Stadium. They're not the Giants, and their offensive line is certainly not as dire as New York's is. Remember, Jamar Chase had a huge day last week. Maybe not have 15 catches, three touchdowns again, but I still think he'll put up his numbers. Give me Cincinnati. I'll lay the three points at home against the Seahawks. Game number two, let's go down to Jacksonville. Remember Jacksonville? Jaguars, they play in Florida. Well, last two weeks, remember, they played in England. Two in a row out there. They won both games, as a matter of fact. Jaguars are good at stopping the run. That's what they do defensively. And Indianapolis now is going to want to get after it with the run game. Jonathan Taylor is second game back. Zach Moss had a huge game last week for the Colts. Taylor should get a little bit bigger of a workload this week. That's going to be their bread and butter. Richardson is out, so that means our guy, Gardner Minshew, getting the start again. It is the Minshew Bowl, and he would love nothing more than to go back to his old stomping grounds and play spoiler to the Jaguars. You know what? Colts have won all three games this year that Gardner Minshew has appeared in. I think he gets it done this week. Going to be a close one. Give me the four and a half points. I'll take them that Indianapolis is getting against the Jaguars. Last game, we're going out to La La Land. Cardinals-Rams. Rams let me down last week, but you know what? I'm undeterred. Jumping right back on the bandwagon. Arizona's back to who we thought they were the last two weeks against San Francisco and Cincinnati after that win they had against Dallas. Here's the thing about the Rams. They're 5-0-1 against the spread after a loss. I think they bounce back. I think Stafford and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua and anybody else he's going to throw a football to. I think they're putting up points at home. That Arizona defense is nowhere near as stingy as Philadelphia's was, especially in the second half last week. I'll lay the seven with the Rams. So here's the three for this week. Rams minus seven over Arizona. Indy plus four and a half against Jacksonville. And Cincinnati minus three at home against the Seahawks. Those are the Grassa picks, a week number six. And with that, we got to get out of here because our time is up. So thanks to Greg Buttle. Thanks to Jordan Renan for hopping on. Thanks to Harvey. Thanks to Chantel for producing. Anita's next with the weekend wager. We'll talk again coming up on Sunday for Jets pregame against the Eagles. Have a good one, everybody. Dan Grassa saying so long on 98.7 ESPN.